and well-meaning serfs. Welcome to your weekly dose of red pill politics. The show that is like toilet paper for your mind. Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. It's February 25th. We are three quarters of the way through the month of February. Beautiful sunny day here in the Northeast. And uh, a little bit cold, though. We're in the mid-20s here. Uh, still got about a, probably a good foot of snow uh, or more uh, up north of us a little bit. But here in the old Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, we see bare ground, but it's uh, it's cold. Uh, but I love those longer days. I don't know about you. Uh, I, in the middle of the winter, you get near the equinox when it's dark at like 4 o'clock. Oh, man, I, my whole life, I've just had a real hard time adjusting to that is I most of my life worked outside uh, quite a bit. I'd say a good three quarters of the work that I've done has uh, been outside work. And, you know, you, you just get into a, a groove. And I'm telling you, missing all those hours of daylight in the afternoon, uh, I really enjoyed work until sometimes seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Uh, it, it's light enough to do things. And then in the winter, it's just the other way around. By 4 o'clock, it's dark, and I don't know. But I'm uh, I'm getting spring feverish, I guess, a little bit. Uh, liking the longer hours. Um, looks like things are getting ready to pop out there as soon as the weather gets warm. I love that time of year when all the buds are coming out. Uh, life is new, and uh, I just love that time of year. It's right around the corner. And thank God for that. I thought this winter was going to be a real rough one for us. We were going to uh, be in a, a tough. We, we are still going to be in a tough place. I ain't going to paint you a rosy picture here. Uh, we're not going to get back to the republic uh, that that we aspire for without paying our dues. All right, our apathy is um, well. We got the government we we deserve. Quite frankly, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if you've listened to me before, I spend a fair amount of time uh, reminding people that when you point your finger and say, there's the bad guy, the rest of those fingers are pointing back at you because what we did is we gave them silent consent. Okay. It's still consent nonetheless. All right. Still consent nonetheless. But uh, yeah, we did it silently and they just kept taking and taking and taking. And now they act with impunity. In fact, they're making it illegal for you to question them. You know what the whole uh, the whole thing around J6? People had better things to do. And if all things were going well, uh, I doubt very much nearly a million people would have descended on D.C. for a Stop the Steal rally. Seriously, folks. All right, we we've gotten to the point now where they're they're saying it's illegal for us to question them. Hmm. All right, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Well, what I want to do uh, is the, my usual uh, morning house cleaning here and uh, get the niceties out of the way, and then we're going to jump right in. Uh, as I promised, uh, I I would say this is probably one of the most frequent requests that I get as of late. All right, I'm going on, uh, boy, this April will be three years uh, here at the Republic Broadcasting Network for the Red Pill Politics Show. Um, and I think this has become 
the most popular request that I get through emails, through callers, uh, to keep the not forget about the J6ers. And I completely agree. When people actually stand up, put everything on the line out there to speak on behalf of America, to defend our Constitution, all right, the, the deep state's not going to like that. All right, and we've got to stand with people that support these values always. Not just stand with them up to the point that they're scooped up off the street and put in, in, into a gulag. It must be continuous and nonstop. And the message must be that you'll never do this again. All right, maybe it's time we put them in one of their own cages. All right, crimes have been committed here, uh, but I don't think it was from the protesters that were in D.C., on January 6th, there were some people who did some bad things, and I do believe um, in justice. You know, if, if they did something wrong, destroyed property, hurt somebody, all right, those that were harmed should be made whole, and justice should prevail. So those that did something wrong, broke the law willfully and knowingly, so be it. But those that got swept up and were used as pawns, those that were ushered in, those that had entire... Uh, uh, scenarios orchestrated around them just to use them as uh, political fodder as propaganda to show the rest of the country don't you dare stand up and question us or this will happen to you right there's criminals out there and some of them wear fancy suits and work in that capital they're the ones maybe they should spend some time in jail but um, what's going to be coming up here uh, for the show this week is I've got two J6 political prisoners that are going to be coming on. So I want you all to be ready. I want you to use this time right now to hit the share button. And you should know and already have republicbroadcasting.org in your favorites. Right? Lots of great material there. Seven days a week you can get original content from a host of different programmers. Find some you like. Share the links around, uh, download the MP3s, all right? Push the signal out far and wide. Have that saved in your favorites. Hit that donation button as we are listener-funded. Things are getting tight around here at RBN, and we really do need you to step up and help keep us going here. There's a lot that goes into this, trust me. Just my little segment and the costs that I incur personally are... Uh, minuscule in comparison to what these stations have to do to keep the signal going out and uh, uptime everything that goes and just the production of this two-hour show you're listening to right now. All right, so support as best you can. Donations, big and small, are greatly appreciated. There's monthly specials there at the uh, website, which is why you should go there frequently. All right, there's a one-click player on every page of the site. So even progressives can listen. It's unbelievable. Check it out. Um, and I'd love to have you on my email list. You can do that just by going redpillpolitics.tv, getting on the list, and you'll know when I'm streaming and other snarky musings. And uh, to get really engaged, there's two ways you can uh, do that in text chat. Redpillpolitics.chattango.com. Uh, there's folks over there chatting it up right now. Give them a visit. And also, I slip out a live stream of every broadcast every week on my Rumble channel. The idea is we want your your input, your resources, links that you have, things that you want to share. Put them in under the comments, all right? Give us a thumbs up to make sure that we hit the algorithms and uh, reach out farther in the Rumble sphere. And post your comments down in the, the main comments section Links and resources down there so it travels with the video as a total resource. And get involved. And that's a good thing uh, about today. Like most of my shows, I almost always ask you to do something. In this case here, uh, you're going to be introduced to a great website that is going to allow you to do exactly what, um, what Pat used to tell me. I think I'm going to dedicate today's show uh, to our friend Pat who recently passed away. If you go back in the archive and you listen, you'll find, uh, I think in the last two or three times that Pat called into uh, Red Pill Politics, 
Uh, she always mentioned the J6ers. We can't forget the J6ers. I'm going to dedicate today's show to that, to Pat. She was, uh, I just love hearing her voice when she called in. She was a hoot. Um, and this was something that was near and dear to her and should be near and dear to everybody. So um, let's do this. Let's jump right into it. You know where republicbroadcasting.org is. All right. Hit that donation button. Share that around. Redpillpolitics.tv to get on my mailing list and participate in these streams. All right. Get to know each other. Uh, we are all in this together. Now, let's get into the interviews. As promised, I've got two J6 political prisoners. Uh, let's go check, see if we got uh, our first guest up on deck here. Looks like uh, he's in and he's ready. Uh, good deal. Um, my first guest for the hour number one, uh, he was on uh, the Red Pill Politics mini marathon that we did on New Year's Eve. That was my first introduction uh, to him and the group. And uh, we had a, a great talk. Had to get him back on for you guys. And we also paired him up uh, with another woman, a single mom, recently sentenced. And um, she's going to be joining us for hour two. Um, let's jump right into this segment. Daniel Goodwin of StopHate.com, a wonderful website uh, for ways uh, people can stay connected with the J6 political prisoners. Uh, contribute. As I've always said, there was a million people there. There's a lot of footage that we've seen that leaked out on the internet that the J6 committee had and then deleted. Um, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more. The government's got to be real careful. They wallowed right in up to their eyeballs deep in lies. And there's so much video evidence out there right now, I believe, still in the public domain um, and here at StopHate.com. There's a way that you can share these pictures and evidence and things in with them. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. I'm not going to give away all the goodies. Daniel, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, what happened to you personally, and uh, let's highlight StopHate.com uh, right after that. Go ahead, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I go by Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Thank you. So, so, yeah, um, uh, I'm a J6er, that's, that's what they call us, that's what they call ourselves, because uh, we went to the election integrity protests on January 6, 2021, and we were swept up in a dragnet. They've arrested over, I think, around uh, 1,400 of us, and there's over 200 who are incarcerated right now, many pre-trial. Um, I actually... Um, I was arrested that month, and I had three weeks in jail pre-trial, and that was under what they called COVID lockdown, so 24-hour solitary, which is considered tortured under that Geneva Convention. Then I had a year of house arrest, and when I was in jail, uh, they added a charge. So they charged me with four misdemeanors, and then when I was in jail, they added a fifth charge, which was a felony obstruction charge called 1512 the same one they've gave to, given to trump and they tried to get me to plead to that when i told them no and then uh they came back and had me plead to uh basically a misdemeanor uh entering and remaining and that one uh was up to a year and they gave me uh two months prison sentence so i uh served that time in texas and um I just uh, got approval to come out to San Francisco. I'm still under what they call supervised release, which is like probation. And that lasts until August because that's when I got out and it's a year long. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I wanted to say about that footage, um, the footage that the Speaker of the House put out, if you round the percentage, it comes out to 0% because there's actually thousands of hours of CCTV footage that they could release um, and they haven't. So, yeah, a lot of the footage that we are able to show come from court cases. There's a little bit of there. Um, so if it goes into, you know, the public hearing into a sentencing or a trial, then that goes into the public domain and we're allowed to share that. Um, outside of that, 
you know, there's all, and, and, and that's CCTV and body cam. Outside of that, there's a lot of stuff people just recorded on their phones, whether they live streamed it or posted it online later or sent it into uh, tips. We were able to gather a lot of that together and uh, we put out four different documentaries that Stop, How- Stop Hate actually participated in. And um, you can find those on our website, stophate.com. But I always tell people to go to stophate.com slash J6. That's where you can find the calls to action. So that includes a link to the documentaries, but it also has a link to a prayer group people can join. Uh, It has a link to our uh, list of J6 fundraisers, which can be also found just directly at stophate.com slash HHDOD, which stands for the Stop Hate Department of Defense. And we've got over 100 on there. Uh, and, but yeah, stop slash J six. You can find all our calls to action. And, um, one of the main ones, uh, I would say is actually writing to the prisoners. So when I was in prison, uh, you know, I got some mail from Patriots, was able to spend some time responding to those, uh, because it's very, very boring in prison. And also, you know, a lot of these people are just feeling like, you know, they, they're, basically in prison for doing nothing wrong and they don't know how long they're going to be in there if they're going to get out some of them do some of them don't so any encouragement from outside really really helps um i've heard uh, that before too from people that had both long sentences and short um is that it, it it's almost drives you insane the the quiet non quietness isn't a good word because that doesn't always happen but not always uh, the isolation where there's just nothing to occupy your mind. Uh, so those letters are very important. Yeah. And then uh, if, if they want to go directly to see the most recent documentary we did, you can find it at open.ink slash J six and ink is with a K for that one. Uh, so open.ink slash J six and that's J six, a true timeline. It's about an hour long and it shows what really happened that day. I saw that. I think when you were on the show, I think it was being released that evening, if I remember right. Yeah, um, that was New Year's. I, I saw that. And uh, how has the censoring been on that video? Well, um, definitely, if you share it on Facebook, you're going to run into issues, uh, you know. But what you can do is you can share, um, like I said, the stophate.com slash J6 links to it. So just tell people to find it in the links there. Um but yeah, it, on uh, on formerly known as Twitter, the X platform, which has been uh, run by Elon Musk, it's supposed to be uh, less censorship. So we haven't been banned on there, but we've been uh, restricted. So once we hit two million views, they put a little uh, a little content warning label on there, and what it it's actually kind of worse than just a typical one because. Uh, it's some sort of shadow banning gaslighting technique they use because uh, and I'm not sure if Elon Musk knows this is still functioning this way at his company, but there's definitely Antifa people there. So what it does is uh, it puts that label on there and then it says, if you want to view it, you have to turn off this setting, right? Then you go and check and it, that setting can be turned off and it still says it. Um, also, if you're not logged in or if you're logged in on a different pla- uh, you know, username, you might uh, go to the same link that works for you on one and it won't work on the other. So it'll say the post has never existed or whatever. So it's kind of a weird thing like that. But, you know, it's really been hard to get uh, more views on there because of that, even though it was shared out by Marjorie Taylor Greene, shared out by General Flynn and a lot of other, uh, you know, big names. It still has a hard hard time getting out there. Um, It uh, has a... uh, age restriction on youtube um so yeah there's there's various ways that it's being censored still so you know the best thing to do is open.ink slash j6 that's the website you can watch it for free and uh you don't have to worry about censorship there and make sure you uh send it to all your friends you know email them text them uh everyone needs to know about this it's an hour long um, so if they don't have time to watch it now, then they can write it down, put it bookmark it, and watch it later whenever they've got an hour to watch it. So what's the uh, the copyright situation on this? Are you encouraging people just to download it and re-upload it, or uh, can they do that? What are some of the workarounds that people can do to, uh, I mean, what's the legal situation on the copyright? 
Yeah, so um, I think our uh, one of our producers said it's fine for people to download it if they want. Um, but like I said, it's available for free. Um, so the best thing I would say is just to tell people to go to that link, open.ink slash J6. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you wanted to try and put it on your own YouTube, good luck. If you get banned, don't blame us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what some of the people are doing to get around censorship is right. they're actually encouraging people to download their uh, their videos, even cut them up into little segments and re-upload them and right. things like that. So, um, so uh, I'd say the easiest way to download it would be uh, find it on a, a the Stop Hate Telegram. You can just download it directly on there. Um, so uh, I don't know if any of your listeners are uh, good at Telegram, but it's it's usually pretty easy. So it's uh, I think it's Help Stop Hate is our handle on Telegram. You can find our channel there. And then if you go into the search, once you're on the channel, you can type in J6, a true timeline, and until you find the one that has the full uh, video file on there. Okay, good. Uh, may- maybe I can get a full list of your Telegram channels. Uh, make sure I get those in the description. I think I got most of the sites you mentioned uh, so far uh, are there, but I want to make sure I get that complete and I'll add your Telegram channels too. So um, let- let's talk a little bit about uh, when you showed up on uh, January 6th, uh, I mean, they really constructed this narrative of an insurrection, and it's hard to find any, really any two people that uh, colluded or talked back and forth. Like, you know, there was no no such thing uh, that was ever even spoken about. So um, I mean, you, like uh, almost a million other people, uh, went there. Is a uh, you know a true First Amendment uh, event to to peaceably assemble and to seek redress of grievances, and that's what that this started as. But as you and I know, there was so much lead time that was given for uh, Trump to have his rally. Um, there were permits that were pulled for this, but all those that had ill intent that would leverage. Uh, the people that were going there for false purposes, they had all the lead time they needed to put things in, into play. And a lot of us saw that. You know, we saw troublemakers on the ground that were agitators and whatnot. But w- when you went into it, on your way to that event, going back to that morning, did you expect it to to be like this? W- what were you expecting? Um, yeah, I mean, we we were definitely expecting there to be Antifa agitators the month before and the month before that. Um, so in November and December, there were two similar rallies that were announced where Patriots came to D.C. And in both of them, actually, there were members of the Proud Boys who got stabbed by members of the uh, tolerant left, as you could say. So they actually came prepared wearing uh, knife-proof armor now if they were coming to fight the government who has guns they would come with bulletproof armor which they did not do so you can tell what their intent was there is to be prepared that they would potentially be attacked by these like i said tolerant liberals so um on january 6th when i went i actually got there a little bit later i mean i went to the rally but uh when I got to the, by the time I got to the building, there had been several uh, incidents, and I had missed all of that. So everything was completely peaceful looking to me. So it wasn't until later that I watched the footage and saw the police shooting into the crowds, you know, where the crowd was just being peaceful, and you know, a guy getting his cheek blown away open to where blood was all over the ground, uh, and then you know, as seen in one of our uh, movies, One Thousand Days of Terror. You can see that's only five minutes long. There's uh, that scene and also where a guy who later admitted to being Antifa after he got sentenced, um, agitating at the police line and pushing another protester into the police. And um, so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff like that happening where the police actually ended up uh, four people died and they were responsible for most, if not all of those, um, as well as other people that they were just brutalizing like a guy they shoved off a wall for example uh, old lady they pushed down some stairs all kinds of stuff like that but the 
when you talk about people collaborating or conspiring, no one actually planned to go inside the building. The only person who mentioned that that I know of before January 6th was Ray Epps. And when he said it, everyone basically said that's not a good idea. Anyone who's saying to do that would be a Fed, right? Yeah. So uh, that was my friend Baked Alaska who was there for that. And anyways, uh, apart from that, there's what what you, uh, I think, call a interagency intelligence report that was put out, uh, including, you know, the Capitol Police and whoever they're coordinating with, probably Secret Service, and, you know, et cetera. Uh, and they actually, you know, they, they had a lot of information on how big the crowd was going to be and things like that. And Trump had actually suggested that there would be a large presence of uh, National Guard, for example, to keep the peace in that area. But Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, for um, reasons that they considered to the, to be about optics, but uh, what I consider to have been reasons of a setup, they actually decided for them the National Guard presence to be turned down. And they had a tiny little bike rack fence around the grass, and they had five police there when a million people showed up. So I think that's part of the setup. And, you know, you, well, I you want to have more people police actually maybe even park police just directing traffic and telling people where to go to the permanent event but if you want to look into that interagency intelligence report and other stuff like that you can go to our uh that link i have mentioned before stophate.com slash j6 and click on the j6 research page or the uh intel page where it actually shows uh what they knew beforehand yeah, there's some really good information there, and I uh, highly recommend that people take the time to go over there and visit and uh, just be ready to spend a couple hours uh, reading and, and checking it out. You guys did a great job with that. Um, so my observations, I got there bright and early. Uh, there was a number of elderly people that were not going to make the walk all the way down to the monument, so... You know, I literally stood there, watched the sun come up with a small group of us, myself and a friend of mine, stayed back with uh, with these people that uh, didn't make the walk. And, and we just stood there and talked to people all day. And one of the things that I noticed, you mentioned that little bike rack styled fence, is we were watching Capitol Police all morning long, letting people in and out. They had the fence that went right around the whole Capitol. And they pushed it back now out off the lawn and into uh, the rotary that was there. Now, I watched them as they moved that fence in the same motorcycle uh, cop. We walked the fence on each side. I watched them get in there and fudge and fidget around. This was nothing more than a metal fence about three feet high. On one end had a, a spike and the other end a tube so they would connect together. Most of them weren't even connected together. They were there to, to, they were a visual barrier. Well, I got bumper music coming in. Uh, Daniel Goodwin uh, is with us uh, from StopHate.com. Stay with us, Daniel. Stay with us, everyone else. Hit that share button. We're going to hear a few words from the station, and we will be right back. Shrouded in secrets and mystery.
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Bill Politics, everybody. Uh, got special guest on this week. We are going to be the whole show, both hours, both segments is uh, going to be on the J6 political prisoners. First segment, we have Daniel Goodwin, a uh, great, great guy. He's done some fabulous work at stophate.com slash J6. All right, go there and check out the information. I've been there. A number of times, and I haven't been through everything yet. Uh, it's really loaded. If you want to, and I highly recommend this. We started the show out talking about this. Uh, these people put everything on the line. There are those that are in there literally for no other reason than they are political fodder to instill a, a fear campaign and the uh, terrorism of the rest of the uh, Americans in this country. They're just being used. And they're inside these prisons. There's been, I believe, five suicides. Right? These are real people. Their entire families affected by this. 
All right. You need to be writing letters. I think that's the very least an individual can do is actually put pen to paper. All right. Spelling errors and all. All right. And pen a letter. Let them know you're you're thinking about them and you're going to get them out. We are going to get them out. Uh, we're joined now with Daniel Goodwin of uh, Stop Hate. Uh, Daniel, um, it, was I correct? Is, uh, is it five people, I think, that have uh, committed suicide already? You know, you get a different uh, number depending who you ask. So um, I could probably name five, and then I think there's more that I can't name. Uh, and that's not including the police. So there was four police who allegedly collided, committed suicide as well in addition to the one who died the day after January 6th due to strokes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the people also, a lot of people, there's a misconception, people think that they're committing suicide because they're in, in incarcerated and they just don't like it in there. No, these are people who, uh, they're pre-trial and the government is just threatening with so much they can't handle it. So they, they uh, there's some people... Many, many people who are pre-trial are actually not in jail or not in prison. Maybe they spent, a, like I did, I spent three weeks in jail beforehand and also a year under house arrest. But I actually didn't have prison until after my sentencing. And then I had my two-month sentence. So some of these people, uh, like, for example, the most famous case is Matthew Perna. He was going to be sentenced um, after pleading guilty to something that, you know, he probably shouldn't have even pled guilty to, but he was feeling pressured to. And then... After he had basically arranged what they said, this is kind of what your sentence might look like, then the government prosecution came in and said, we're going to actually suggest to the judge that they add a terrorism sentencing enhancement. So they're treating these people like terrorists. So psychologically, it's also more difficult to be treated as if you're a terrorist. And then, you know, when you really haven't done anything wrong and then you're, you know, being told your sentence is going to actually be worse than it was. Like you just got tricked twice. And yeah, it's so really the oldest. Can handle it. One of the oldest tricks in the book. They've been doing this forever. Is you know when they get somebody on whatever it is, they just pad it. They just start stacking up all these things with the assumption that they're going to uh, bargain these and plead them down and get something out of it. But you know when you're an individual, just a regular blue collar working American, you go to a rally, you expect to go home and sleep in your own bed that night and, and you know, for life to, to trudge on and everything is turned upside down and they face charges like this. I mean, was, people have already been sentenced to 20 plus uh, years. I mean, that is your, your whole productive life. And I can see where this is plays on people's minds. Um, but you know what? I, I'm going to hit you with some of the, the questions that I uh, hear the most because no one's going to understand this more than someone that's been through it. But you hear a lot of armchair politicians and patriots out there saying what they would do if it were them. There's a lot of people that say, you know, don't plead. If, if you are innocent, uh, maintain that. And they would ask, you know, why you would uh, plead down if you were truly innocent. And and there's two elements to this, though. I want to bring a second element into it. And I, I and that's Trump. You know, the possibility and I'm really hoping this is what happens is that somehow, some way we have an election with a, a shred of integrity um, that he gets in and follows through. And pardons those that were used as political fodder. So there's the the potential for this to still happen. Um, and this is what uh, I guess someone in your position would have to weigh out the odds. One, you know, could I prevail in a in a flat out trial and be found uh, not guilty and, and innocent, uh, or do I do the best I can in trial, knowing that Trump is likely to win and would pardon us? But, you know, how do you make that decision, you know, once they stack that many charges on you? And I'm, I would think that access to your lawyer and the outside world and knowing what's going on for you to be able to make this important decision was probably hindered a little bit, too. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, first off, I would say um, with with in terms of, 
your your legal stuff. It, I did have a hard time, you know, being uh, in contact with my lawyer at at the time when I was in jail. I I only got a limited amount and not very uh, quick. So that's an issue, especially for people who are incarcerated. But, um, you know, it's hard to even get a lawyer for J6, much less a good one. But um, when it comes to the pleas, you know, it's different for different people. A lot of these people, they've got uh, a wife and kids. I don't. But um, it also has to do with what you're charged with, right? A lot of people are just um, charged with misdemeanors. And some of them are like, well, the worst that could happen, they'll put me away for a year. There's other people who are charged, like I was, with felonies. And then the worst that could put you away is 20 years or a little bit more than that, right? And my friend Enrique actually did get convicted and sentenced to 20 years. And they, they were telling him, hey, we'll be a little bit more lenient on you if you flip on Trump. But he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, when it comes to my specific one, you know, I like I said, I had these four misdemeanors and uh, I had a felony. And they wanted me to plead to the felony. And I told them, no, of course not. It's ridiculous. For one thing, I'm not guilty of it. It's a basically Enron-era paper shredding law. Well, nobody did anything like that on January 6th. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons why I'm not guilty. It just, it would be, the, the, you know, it's ridiculous. Like, the the proceeding, maybe it wouldn't even legally be considered as official. It was already done, so how could I have obstructed it? I had no intention to obstruct it. You know, I walked into the building for less than a minute. I wasn't in anyone's way. You know, I didn't get anywhere near where the proceeding was happening. It's just so bogus on so many levels. But then when it comes to some of these misdemeanors, so for example, the one I ended up pleading to was um, entering and remaining. Well, the people could say to me, well, but how could you plead to that with your conscience? Because you didn't realize that was a restricted area. So how could you knowingly enter and remain? Well, the thing is, once I entered in, the officer told me to leave. So Technically, I remained in there, even if I didn't enter knowingly, I remained knowingly, and even if it was less than a minute. So you could argue, you know, maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you could get off on that in a trial. Well, yeah, you probably could anywhere except for D.C. But, um, you know, and I would have preferred for them to have to prove it. But to risk actually also facing the 1512 obstruction charge it's definitely not worth it. So if, 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 if I was able to get them to, like, as they did, drop that charge just to take the lower one, um, to me that was, uh, it wasn't an easy decision, but I decided that, you know, I, I could, you know, on a technicality say, I guess I'm t kind of guilty of that uh, minor, uh, you know, trespassing thing. And again, like I said, the worst they could give me was a year. So the calculation for me was I can do better to help other J6ers when I'm on the outside than I could if I was locked behind bars. I couldn't have helped with that documentary I put out. I couldn't have gone, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't have had, uh, you know, it go viral online and on Tucker Carlson, et cetera, if I uh, was locked away. So, you know, and it, I, but I will say, I do think that there were, there were some people who they pled to something and they, they probably shouldn't have you know, um, something that they weren't guilty of. And, but the thing is these people, and I don't blame them because the, you know, even if maybe I wouldn't have done it that way, um, these people, they, like I said, maybe they have a family or whatever, but they're being intimidated by the government. They feel there's no way they can win. So they're at least going to get a shorter sentence than they would otherwise. And I'll give a couple examples. Simone Gold and John Strand, are another uh, couple of Californians who were there that day charged with the exact same charges as me. And they were co-defendants of each other. Um, she took the plea deal and she got the same sentence as me, um, except that she only had to serve 45 days instead of 60. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear how she figured out how to do that. But anyways, John Strand, he actually got, uh, went to trial and he got convicted on all counts. And um, so, you know, she basically had to only face one charge um, and he had to ch face all five because he took the plea and she did it. Well, they had the same judge and, uh, you know, obviously neither of them did anything wrong. Like she was one of the scheduled speakers and he was her bodyguard. And so there was no stage set up. The people were meandering into the building. So they went, oh, we'll go into the building. She gets a megaphone, says her speech, and she leaves. It's like, this is not some kind of a criminal act. Well, the other interesting part of the story is 
the judge that they had, and they had the same judge because they're co-defendants, it actually is someone that she had known from her past. She had gone on at least one date with him and then had turned him down. Now, you would think a judge would recuse themselves from that. But then maybe even more, um, her bodyguard, because him and her are actually romantically involved. So here you have the judge choosing the sentence for a man who is now romantically involved with the woman who he had dated and turned him down. Do you think that's going to be a fair uh, situation there? I don't think so. And even John Strand, I think, filed a motion saying, you know, the judge should recuse himself. But the judge did not recuse himself. And he's now spending years in prison. So it's totally a kangaroo court. And definitely pardons is our best bet. But it's, uh, it's you know, we can't put all our eggs in that basket because they rigged the last election. They could rig this one, too. There have been no states that have put forth uh, and actually written into law any meaningful election integrity bills, which is one of the main things that would be necessary for us to not have the next election rigged. But if by a miracle we do get Trump in, which I do believe in miracles, so hopefully that happens, then certainly he should pardon the political prisoners or political hostages. And uh, he has said he would do that. So we're hoping that happens and looking forward to that. And also, you know, I said I've uh, been working with Stop Hate. I've also... uh, started a new organization and project with uh, local San Francisco activists that we're calling Amnesty National, and not to be confused with Amnesty International, who's too afraid to advocate for J6ers, but we are. And we actually are uh, basically also advocating that not only should J6ers get pardons, they should get presidential medals. So people can check out amnestynational.org and our project Living Heroes, livingheroes.org. They can uh, sign up for the Substack there and uh, support that cause as well. Nice. How many people do you have on board there uh, with these uh, websites and these efforts? Uh, you got a good network of uh, support because I tell you, it's growing, and I'm, I'm actually very impressed uh, with this grassroots effort. Uh, you must have a pretty good team of people, I would think. Uh, well, in what sense? Do you mean like uh, what other organizations we're collaborating with, or do you mean like people who are you know following us and joining and uh, writing letters and things like well, that? Uh, you know, there's uh, obviously a lot of research hours and organization and the website, and I mean, there's a lot too. Yeah, to present the information that you have. It's not a one man show. Clearly, um, I'm thinking you must have a pretty good team of researchers and website people and things like that because it is uh come along quite nicely uh yeah i mean it's hard to quantify because there's so many different uh people helping so many different efforts helping um at, at stop hate on the team there um david sumrall is the main guy there and i'm uh the basically the sole employee we've had other people that he have had has had help with some projects before in the past and I don't know, you know, who's gotten paid what or if much, but really it's, you know, he's just a carpenter. He can't afford to really pay much. But there's other organizations out there, too, that also help with this type of stuff, like Condemned USA with Trennis Evans. Um, but, yeah, that's another thing you can actually find at stophate.com slash J6. Is you scroll past the calls to action, you'll see some of the other organizations that work with us. And uh, investigation is definitely one of the aspects. But there's other things, too, you know, like trying to help the families or whatever. Um, and then I don't know, I didn't even mention yet today, the book, there's uh, a book that my mom helped with called the American Gulag Chronicles. You can find it at americangulagchronicles.com. Uh, and there's actually two books. They just came out with the second one. The first one was, uh, letters from prison. And the second one is the art of confinement. And, uh, you can get each of those for 45 each, uh, and $45 each. And those actually, the money goes to support J sixers. They try to have a board and they try to kind of determine who is most in need uh, and get the money distributed accordingly. So that's another great way to support the Patriots. Also, you're going to, you know, if you read these letters, uh, it's going to be very emotional. I myself haven't even read them yet because, you know, I think that's, I I think that's a a little much for me. Um, You know, I still even have uh, a little bit of a hard time, you know, when I see like a, a jail scene or a movie scene on a TV show or, or something, uh, you know, or if I hear loud banging, it reminds me of the raid. So, you know, uh, 
I do. I am involved with the J6 community pretty closely, and I'm familiar with a lot of their stories. I know many of the people and their families. Um, we have chat room together and things like this. You got a mom's group, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So my mom actually. Deep State better realize what they've done now. You got a group of moms angry, and uh, they often get her done. So good on those moms. <laughs> Yeah, my mom had just uh, basically retired right before all this happened, and now she's a full-time activist. And she started a chat room that has all the family members and and uh, whichever J Sixers are out or who are able, uh, you know, because some of the release constrict uh, restrictions actually constrict them from being able to. But those who can are in that group, and and we you know support each other. But you know, I hear these stories and they're heartbreaking. And you're audience is about to hear from one of them that's an, another very heartbreaking one about felicia who is you know going to be sentenced soon and i'll let her tell her story but we hear i hear these things every day and the people can't even imagine that's why it's so important and and you know writing the letters it's one of the most important things because you can hear from them what's their situation but um really i think the most important thing is praying and it, it's it's hard for me to even decide if writing letters is more important or or donating because we are so underfunded. Not only do people have ridiculous legal fees because lawyers are so expensive, but they these are a lot of these men are the ones in prison and their wife is at home trying to take care of the kids when the man would normally be going and working and, and bringing home the money. Well, now he's not only not bringing money, he now has to spend money on this legal situation. So it's really, really tough for the families. And if people can help in that way, that that would just mean so much. Are you hopeful that more evidence and proof is going to continue to go into the public domain that will positively affect those that haven't been sentenced or gone to trial yet? But begin because I, I think it, the, the tide's starting to flow the other way now. Um, are, are you hopeful that uh, this information that has the potential to go into the public realm, uh, some of it's already leaked out, but there's more to come, that, is, is that going to help? That will, will there be uh, uh, convictions that are overturned? Will there be appeals that will arise? Will this keep people out of jail now, the ones that are going through the meat grinder currently? Uh, what's your prediction on the flow of evidence? Because the more that comes out, or the worse it is for them. Well, you know, I wish I could say I am, but frankly, the information that exonerates J6ers is already out there, and it doesn't matter to D.C. juries where you've got 90% Democrats and 10% anti-never-Trumper you know, rhinos who uh, they either work for the government or their family member works for the government or maybe there's some, uh, you know, thug or something, but usually those won't even get into the uh, jury pool. So, yeah, these are basically just government workers or people who work for the government, far left Democrats. They're deep state people. They might even be people who uh, went to BLM rallies or, you know, the Women's March or that kind of stuff. So the facts don't matter to them. They they just feel like they're getting, uh, you know, a decal on the side of their fuselage and they're just like, OK, Another one bites the dust, and this is really getting revenge on Trump. Meanwhile, Trump doesn't even know any of us, and it doesn't make much of a personal difference to him whether we go to prison or not. So if they want to get back at Trump, which really they maybe they want to get back at their uh, absent father or something. I don't know what their true motives are. These people are totally brainwashed. The facts and the evidence don't matter to them. But, yeah, thankfully it does kind of help in general in the public. Um, and, you know, I— I, I basically make it my priority to get the truth out, and um, the Bible says, "Or we want to land." All right, we're not out there to create a story just to win. It is a, in the end about landing on the truth. Yeah, you know, doing what's right. With that being said, did you witness things that people did there? I mean, were there actual crimes committed that people should legitimately, uh, you know, have due process and, and be? justly punished for well let me just finish what i was going to say i was going to say the bible says the truth you we will know the truth and the truth will set you free so i do think a few people did a couple sort of bad things but nobody did any three year long bad things and it's three years long you know and also the process is a punishment so i don't think there's anyone who 
should still be suffering because of J6. And especially when you consider what the left has gotten away with, and none of them have gotten in trouble for anything. But it's not even—it's almost not even worth comparing because they rioted, and us, we didn't. We went and peacefully protested. Police started shooting the crowd, and some people got upset, you know. But they were fighting back. They didn't fight, you know. They didn't start a fight. But anyway, You're- no, I didn't see any of that. The, the only way I know about that is from researching the footage later in person. Yeah. It was totally peaceful where I was. Your documentary showed uh, law enforcement there coming right out saying they were set up. Uh, admitting that when they were firing upon uh, the people, that it was just making it ten times worse, you know. That, and, and it was blowing right back in their face for crying out loud. It was very unorganized, and even law enforcement saw that, and they they called it a setup. We were set up. Uh, incredible job they are putting that together. Um, well, we got a, a couple minutes left to the uh, segment. Um, I guess what's your uh, take home message and your appeal to the to the people out there? I, I mean, we probably uh, hit on it already, but what do you really uh, want to drive home here to those that are listening? Well, you know, I mean, these people should not be in prison. I, I almost wonder if anyone should be in prison, frankly. You know, if you steal something, then you should pay the person back, maybe double or whatever. Uh, you know, if you kill someone, capital punishment. Like, uh, I don't know if prison is really good punishment for anyone, but definitely these J6ers don't deserve to be in prison. Um, even if they did something wrong, it's been plenty of time and they've served their time. You know, if they hit a cop back after the cop hit them first, probably they shouldn't serve any time. But OK, you want them to serve some time. OK, how about a few months? How about they give them a, h- a couple hundred dollars that maybe they pay for a medical bill if the guy had to go, you know, put a Band-Aid on his thumb. So that's kind of the way I see it. But. My, what I, my, I want the takeaway to be for your listeners is I want everyone to make sure that they not only go to stophate.com slash J6 and follow at least one of the calls to action, but that they share that link with other people. Um, so you don't have to do everything, but please, please don't do nothing. Excellent. Uh, very good words. And uh, I'm going to encourage listeners to go to the website. Uh, you, you could easily spend a couple few hours there poking around. Uh, find, you know, your own state, wherever you're listening. I get calls, as you know, from all over. You know, pick your state. Find those that are in there. Uh, how many are on that list? I mean, it's always changing and shrinking and swelling, but uh, how many are currently incarcerated right now on your list? So, yeah, it depends which list you're talking about. If you're talking about incarcerated, it's over 200. If you're talking about arrested, it's, uh, I think, over 1,400. Uh, if we're talking about how many fundraisers have we found, there's definitely over a hundred. Wow. Um, well, there you go. There's uh, a number of them that are currently incarcerated. Would love to have a letter from you uh, of support. Let them know that we're fighting for them. Um, and and just, uh, just hang tough. Uh, we have not forgotten. That's the worst thing you can let uh, them know and on the inside is let them think that we forgot about them. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, coming on again. I really, really uh, enjoy our discussions here and keep up uh, the great work and fuel those mama bears. Give them everything they want. There's nothing worse than an angry pack of mama bears. So God help the deep state. (laughs) They're in trouble now. Um, But good stuff. Love what you're doing. uh, And please stay in touch. All right. Thanks for having me on. I think you're about to talk to another angry mama bear. Yeah, we're going to have one on for uh, the second segment here. Uh, but thank you so much. StopHate.com slash J6 is the website. Uh, do head over there. Get on the mailing list. Uh, poke around and look. And There's a great documentary. It literally came out last Jewish power. Jewish power requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race and the fact that race drives history and the truth about the Jewish question. The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, LGBTQ, RS. This woman, she's like, oh yeah, I identify as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what? A koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala, that might be cool, but otherwise, I don't know. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come.
platinum for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. It's the Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.